Hey, welcome back to Therapy. Glad you're here. And I'm going to tell y'all something. We are about to have a excellent episode because I have my dear friend Shannon here. Hello. And we've been drinking a little Prosecco. Just a little bit. A little mimosa action, actually, is what we've been doing. And actually, we've been talking for... <laughs> when did you get here? What time was it? Like 12.45. Okay, well, it's 2.15. and we've too been bad. Talking. It's not too bad, but we've been ping-ponging all the things because I feel like... <laughs> we haven't caught up in forever. I know. Oh. And Shannon is somebody that I met on... Actually, through Instagram yep. a couple... Or, I don't know, three or four years ago now. Yeah, because it was during COVID. I feel like when, okay. wait, what year did y'all start the podcast? 2019. Okay, so it was 2020 because y'all had been it doing was, it for about a year. Oh, okay. So then, yeah, we're going on, we're almost on four years of knowing each other. Yeah. But then we met up for the first time at the beach that year. After we, like, I feel like I knew you. It wasn't like we had to get to know each other, but we like skirted our little boats over to the island and then we met each other for the first time. Yep. And she's one of those people, and I've talked about it on stories before, and I think we've even talked about it on the podcast, and she's been on our other podcast, Patreon, during Long time ago. Said, yeah. yeah. Um, but she's one of those people that, like, instantly, I was like, oh, my God, she's my person. Like, I <laughs> really do love you, and I have clients. Actually, we were just talking about you the other day. A client was like, I love her. And I was Aww. like, well, she's coming on my podcast. <laughs> so she's local to North Carolina, which we yep. love. Um, we're around the same east. age. That's right. That's right. Her <laughs> husband's a farmer, which Fisher is, you know, we still need to get him. I know. On the combine. I know. Doing something. Yes. Doing some farming stuff, girl. It's a trek out to where I live. But it is, but it'll be worth it. He would love it. We'll just slumber party. Yeah. You better get your elves in, in check. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I have like, what, four or five I just told Fisher? Shannon has a whole <laughs> roster of elves because, y'all, I am- Kind of bribe him. You, yes, and I am not an inflatable anything person. I love, I was telling Shannon, Maybe I we love- we need to preface this with, it's Black Friday, so we're now in the full-blown Christmas spirit. We are, we are yes. We're talking Santa, get Deck prepped, halls. like be a good boy. Yeah, and he was just as excited as I was to see you because, well, every time you've seen him, he's been napping. Yeah. Like, literally every time on the boat. <laughs> yeah. I'm like out there on the island. They're like, where's Fisher? I'm like, well, he's asleep. Yep. He'll come out for like five minutes. But that's it. Um, but I'm not an inflatable, inflatable kind of person. And y'all, I bought Fisher an inflatable. Well, Elf David's going to bring it. So then so cute, Shannon had to text Elf David. Shannon knows Elf David, y'all. Yeah. Can you believe? Yeah. And then she, he was like, well, who else do you know? <laughs> Did you see I was coming up with those names Girl, on the fly? You were spitting them out. I, I mean, I I did recognize Kenny. That's your friend, yeah, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then she's like, "Well, I have a beach elf, and I've got like you're just naming them up." And he was like, oh, "So I intrigued. only have one." Yeah. He said, "I have one." <laughs> Shannon has all the elves. We'll see if it works. It yeah, he's in his room right now. So fingers crossed. Um, he stays there watching. He was. I told her she went to the bathroom. I said, "Dang, he's in there singing Hardy." So. <laughs> we'll see if he interrupts 80,000 times. But anyway, so Shannon, I wanted her to come on the podcast because we're a lot alike in a lot of mm -hmm. ways. But then in the last year, was it a year ago that you're, you two lost? Years. Two years. It's been two years. I know. Yeah. Oh, God, girl. Okay. So two years ago then, um, Shannon lost her mom suddenly. And then a few months later, you lost your dad. Six months. Yeah. Yep. Oh, so you went from being very close with your family to them being gone mm -hmm. really quickly. And unfortunately we have that in common, not yep. my mom, but we lost our dads. Um, and I think any parent loss is really hard, uh, especially around the holidays. And that's yep. what we were talking about, how 
you were saying you get a lot of DMs from people um, just about grief and you've been very public with your journey, which is really nice. And listen, also, I have a disclaimer. I did post something the other day about people crying on stories, (laughs) (laughs) but it's the people that like get on to perform, I guess it's very performative. It's not like, cause Shannon messaged me. I was like, I've done that. I'm like, no, it's not. It was not like that. I've cried on stories talking about Easter actually. Like I burst into tears. Yeah. And so it's not like I start out crying and then you get on the story. It's like a mid conversation and then it's like, it hits you. And that's different because that is something that can happen. You know, like when you're, doing a story and you're talking and then you get teary eyed or you cry that that is very different. Mm-hmm. It's the the people I was referring to the people that get on because they're crying in something and they're like, Oh, let me story real quick. Right. Like that's kind of weird. But we were talking about that. And it's like, when you're sharing that journey, it's very helpful because a lot of people unfortunately have gone through that or are going through that or about to go through that, whether it's a family member that's sick or whatever, but it's really freaking hard and it it sucks, especially at the holidays. Yeah. And we were talking before we started uh, doing the podcast and I was like, well, we don't want to say too much because I like to just kind of wing stuff. But one thing that we were talking about is like holidays and going through the holidays without your parent. And I remember I was just talking to someone, the first holiday is really hard. And I don't know if you can relate to this. I'm sure you can, but I remember my dad had passed in October and the first holidays were really quickly approaching. And I felt really guilty for having fun. Like Mm -hmm. I even said that to my family. I was like, you almost don't feel like you should be enjoying Mm -hmm. the holidays because that's, it seems unfair, right? It seems like you should not be doing that. Yeah. But also my dad was like such a fun person and would want that. Like your mom and dad wouldn't want you to be sad, right? Right. And miserable on the holidays. They would want you. You've done a great job at like, you have your cardinal tree on your back porch, which is, well, first of all, y'all, her house (laughs) is stunning. Thank you. It's so beautiful. But you've done a really nice job at like honoring your family and and having special things. I'm gonna let you kind of talk because you said you get a lot of DMs about people wanting your kind of take on it and your experience. And so, yeah, I think that one of the biggest like eye openers for me has been just how many people have lost someone and are dealing with grief and feel like they're very alone And when I post about it, you know, it's like, I really needed to hear this right now. Or Mm -hmm. thank you so much for sharing because, you know, you articulated exactly how I feel. And even though I feel like sometimes I'm not able to articulate it, it's like, it's still so, it resonates with a lot of people because they're dealing with this, you know, awful chapter of life that, you know, nobody ever wants to deal with. Um, But yeah, I mean, like, I remember when my mom passed away and me and Richard went out my husband for dinner, um, maybe two or three weekends after. Uh And, you know, I got dressed nice to go out to dinner and we're around people. We see people and it's like, you know, you have to interact. And I felt so guilty just like getting dressed and leaving the house and like smiling. Oh yeah. You Mm -hmm. know, just like carrying on almost as if nothing was wrong. And I feel like that's one of the struggles that I've had, like throughout this whole journey for the past couple of years is like, you get to a point where, yeah, you are laughing and you are, you know, going on vacation or yeah. you're sharing a cute outfit or Moving whatever. on, quote, so to yeah. speak. But and, yeah. yeah, and it gives people this misconception that like you're over it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like nobody really understands what you feel like inside 
or yeah. those times of the day where you're by yourself and, you know, you hear something on the radio that triggers you or, mm-hmm. you know, you just have a memory or whatever and you start crying, yeah. you know, like I have those countless times a day or a week. Oh, actually, recently, my dad hit six years and I don't know what it was. It was a few weeks ago. She had messaged me and I don't remember what we we're talking about. I cried all day. Yeah. That was the day I started this podcast. Really? Mm-hmm. That was, was that the day, planned? Mm-mm. That was the day I recorded my intro and my voice was like really shaky. Uh-huh. I sat down and I had been wanting to start this and I did it. You oh, can so hear totally it. unprompted. You just, I just did it. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I'm going to start this podcast. I've been wanting to do it, mm-hmm. but I did it that day. And then I told another one of my clients about it. She's like, but now That's every so time you hear it, that is what you're, and I'm like, you're you right. Because even in the intro now, like listening back, I don't sound like myself. Like I sound, I don't want to say sad because I was like excited, but that it really, my dad was a go-getter and like, he would be proud of that. Uh-huh. He would be so proud of that. But anyway, I was having one of those days where I've been the same and it could be, I would say at least once a month, I'm driving on the road, I'll hear a song and I'll cry. Yeah. For no, I don't want to say for no reason. Obviously there's a reason, but like just out of the blue. And today I told you, I was listening to music and freaking Alabama angels mm-hmm. among us came on. I switched it. Cause I felt that lump in my throat and yeah. I didn't want to be crying. You were about to be here. And I was like, not me opening the door for you. And I'm crying, but it's like, grief is so weird. Is. And I told Spencer after six years, like this year seemed harder than a few in the past. And There's I'm I'm not sure why. No time limit no. whatsoever. And I feel the same way because it's one of those things where it's like my mom, yes, she's been gone for two years. And when mm-hmm. you say like you even said that, you're like, God, has it been two years already? Yeah. And it's like, was a year. Like I wanna say, I want people to I want people to look at it and feel like, yeah, her mom only died six months ago mm-hmm. and feel that same kind of like yeah, not pity, but just empathy. That's I don't right. think people think to feel that same kind of empathy. Even and and that's what makes it harder, I think, to live with is because yeah. everybody else truly has moved on. Yep. And they think that you have too. And so mm-hmm. because it's not been six months or two months or a month ago or whatever that they don't have to check in or it's not top of mind. And yeah. it's not that anybody does that intentionally. Well, it's old news right. and old feelings, right? Yeah. Like it's like the newness of it has worn off. But when it's your parents, there is no oldness to it. There's mm-hmm. no, it's always new. You still have exciting news that's going to happen to you and yeah. you're still going to want to call your mom. Oh, like it's yeah. not like new things that happen in your life or exciting things or milestones That'll never be old. You're always going to want to call your mom or your dad or, you know, that that will never be a thing of the past for someone that's going through it. And for you, you lost both. Like it was, I remember when your mom had passed and then you were like helping your dad and you were going over there and then your dad got sick. It's like, well, hold on a second. In a matter of six months, you lost a huge part of your, your life and your heart. And then you're, you're latching on your dad and really comforting each other. And then that was taken. Yeah. It's, that'll never be old news. Yeah. No, I'll never, ever, ever get over it. And everybody's relationship with their parents is different. That's and right. I mean, I feel like another thing that you and I have in common mm-hmm. is that our, I feel like our relationship with our parents has been very similar. Oh, you're yeah. very, very close to your mom, right. right? Grew up with my parents. I have three older brothers mm-hmm. and my youngest brother is 10 years older. Okay, right. so big age difference yeah. in my in my brothers. And so I'm the only child between my parents. 
I was always very, very close with my parents, and they were also very strict on me. Grew yeah. up in church, like we were at church. You're the only girl, time. Though, the doors were right? open. I was the only girl. Yeah. yeah, and so my parents were very strict, and you know, like throughout middle school and things like that. Like I'd see my friends at the mall together on a Friday night. I'd be with my parents. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's just kind of how it was. And yeah. you know, as I got older, I appreciated that. But my yeah. mom was always like my best friend. You know, and mm-hmm. like my mom was the mom that everybody. All my friends wanted to come over and hang out, Uh you know, because my mom was like this. She was a hoot. Like she was hilarious. Oh, yeah. Um, And so we were just really, really close. And, you know, as I got older and my dad's work, because my dad was always self-employed and always like was the provider and the worker. So he wasn't as home at home as much. Yeah. And my mom was a homemaker. And so she and I were just thick as thieves. And so as my dad got older um, and his work started slowing down and I was an adult, you know, our relationship really changed Uh and we got a lot closer because we bonded over things that, you know, were just more, I guess, relevant at that point in my life. And so, you know, I live in the same town as my parents. I actually lived at home with my parents until I got married. I remember you saying that. Weren't you like 25 or something? Yeah. Yeah. So I had never lived anywhere else and lived in the same house my whole life. And so I work like five minutes away from their house. So like I would go to their house at lunch every day mm-hmm. and have lunch with them. Or I'd always go after work and check on them. Hang like they out, were like, part of your them. daily I life. I mean, every single day. Yeah. I talked to my mom numerous times a day. I was always the type who worry. I'm a worrier. Okay? Me too, girl. Yeah. <laughs> and so my, I remember being that little girl that when I'd get out of school, and go stand in the pickup line. If I could not see my mom's car waiting in the pickup line, like I'd immediately think something was wrong with her. Oh, something had happened yeah. to her. So I've always kind of worried about something happened to my parents. Yeah. And I remember even with Richard, like I would talk about how besides him, like I feel like my parents are all I have. And yeah. I would start crying sometimes talking to him about it. Like I can't imagine if something were to happen to them. And I now in hindsight wish, of course, I hadn't spent that much time worrying I about know. it. And How just, old were your parents? So my mom was 76 okay. and my dad was 83. Okay. But, and that sounds kind of older, you know, when you think about it, but they were both like still very full of my mom, yeah. especially very I was gonna full say, of you life. You posted a video. I remember this video. Um, I think it was at Christmas or Thanksgiving, your mom, and it was maybe aunts you know, in the kitchen. Yeah. She was dancing like ice, yeah. ice baby. I remember yes. you posting that yes. a couple of times and she yeah, she seemed, yeah. yeah, she was a trip. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And so, you know, I don't know when my mom got sick and my mom, you know, long story, but she got sick. She had COVID. We thought Mm -hmm. she had gotten over COVID. She had, you know, had a lot of breathing and coughing issues after COVID. And every doctor she went to was like, oh, it's just post COVID. It'll be okay. This was 2021. 2021. Yep. And so, um, the Delta days, was it Delta? Yeah. 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 That one. Yep. So she got sick in the spring and then we thought she was okay. And then a few weeks, a couple months later, she started having all these issues with her breathing and such. Mm -hmm. So anyway, long story short, um, you know, all the doctors were basically like, it's just post COVID, you know, you just have to, it could take a, it could take months. Like we just don't really know. And this was still so new. I mean, this was only a year into it where yeah. we didn't really, we all still thought we were going to get COVID and Delta was extra bad that year. Yeah, so that's right. And dang. yeah, so she just kept on with the breathing problems and all this and that. And we had gone to numerous doctors. She'd gone to the, a couple of different ERs in different towns and all of them were doing lung scans, you know, uh, or CT scans. And everybody would say like, you know, you just, it's going to take time. And yeah. so all of a sudden, like one day she just like, just her oxygen just plummeted and like all these 
like she went into, it was like hypoxic really. And it was um, at home though. That it happened? was at home. Yeah. I was there. I, I stopped by and saw her and anyway, saw all this and called 911. And anyway, she got admitted into the hospital. And this was also when you could only have one person yes. at the hospital. I swear. I mean, you were texting during this stuff. I'm sure we were. I remember you dealing with that Yeah, and, and you were there. Yeah. Yeah. And they had admitted her. She was in ICU. And then, you know, everything kind of started to look a little bit better. Like they lowered her oxygen levels, her uh, white blood cell count, like things were improving. And yeah. so we were feeling optimistic. Went to bed on a Sunday night. I had talked to her on the phone that evening, told her I was going to come by the next day, whatever. I get a phone call at one in the morning and it's like this, you could hear like this mm. urgency on mm-hmm. the other line and, or the other end of the line. And it was a nurse. And she said, there's been a change in your mom's condition. We need to put you on the phone with the doctor. I get on the phone with the doctor and I'm half asleep, you know? Right. And she tells me that my mom had coded, um, and I didn't fully comprehend what she was saying. And I was like, just, I, I, I'm going to get there. I'm, I just keep her, you know, alive till I can get there. Yeah. So then I'm trying to figure out like, how am I going to make sure my dad's awake and gets right. to the hospital anyway? So we all get there and she was gone. Oh, when I got there, she was gone. And, um, so, you know, dealing with all these like unanswered questions around like, what happened? Like, how yeah. did this, how did this happen? If you Especially go, when you saw yeah. her hours before or talked to her yeah. hours before. Yeah. And, and I mean, it, it's been, it's been a, a serious, like seriously traumatic experience. And then with my dad, I mean, my dad had had a lot of health problems, but he was in overall pretty good shape. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, he was heartbroken after losing my of mom. Course. Heartbroken. How I mean, long were they, they together? They had been married for over 40 years. Um, and they just had a really good, but they were, I mean, I feel like there was also like a little bit of codependency there. I mean, yeah. they were, cause they were so close. But that generation was a little different anyway. They were. I feel like, people really took pride in their spouse and they were codependent as far as doing things together. Right. And then, but, but also losing someone very suddenly, I think makes Mm -hmm. you latch on hard. Like, I don't know. It's just, it sucks so bad when somebody like that, you you talk to your mom, right? You're like, okay, cool. We're things are on the up. That's ironic that that happened because we never talked about that part. My dad was the same way. I saw him. Something told me to leave work. I actually canceled my last client and drove to the hospital. And God, whatever you want to say, I knew that I needed to go. And I remember seeing him and my dad had people think my dad died of cancer. It was not cancer. I don't think I've ever like talked about it and not to hijack your story, but just something similar is he had diabetes and didn't know he had it and he lived with it for 20 years. And when he got it under control, it really opened a floodgate of all of these medical issues. And he went blind completely. Like he was, he couldn't see anything. And young, right? Yeah. He was 56. Yeah. So he went from being a, he owned an AC, like a heating and electrical business to being completely bedridden blind Mm -hmm. y'all like completely. And I remember going to the hospital that night and I asked my mom, is he, I want you to ask him if he's saved. Cause I needed to hear that. Yeah. And I knew that he was, mm-hmm. but I needed to hear it because I knew, I knew he was not going to make it. Mm. <laughs> so anyway, I went and saw him. And of course, I think I left at like eight or nine and I called my two best friends. I was like, pray for my dad. He's not gonna make it through the night. I just knew, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't even know. And I got a call at 2.30 in the morning and I woke Mike up that he had coded and he was in Alamance. And so literally by the time I got dressed and got out there, he he had coded a couple more times. And yeah. my brother uh, had to make the final call because my parents were legally divorced. And my mom was like, please just tell your brother mm-hmm. you support him. Mm-hmm. 
through that. Yeah. Because. Because he had to live with that. Yeah. Well, he had, to, my brother was still a police officer at the time. And so that's a heavy job, mm-hmm. but they were either going to have to put like a, a medication in his veins to, to allow his heart to work or something. I don't even know. Keep his veins open. And my brother was like, he, no, he doesn't want that. Yeah. And that was the decision. Yeah. But it's like, when you talk to somebody, my dad wasn't deathly ill right. that we thought, and your mom wasn't deathly ill that you right. thought, right? And then you get that call. And by the time you get there. Oh yeah. What? Yeah, I know. And I, like I said, <sighs> I mean, it, that's the thing where it's like, oh, it's been two years. No, it still feels like yesterday. And I honestly, like when I say it was traumatic, I mean, I'm still living with it. And there are things, for instance, my ringtone, Mm-hmm. I had to change it yeah. because for the next couple of weeks after getting that phone call and her being gone, I would hear, my, it would like I, would, I would be dreaming um, that my phone was ringing and it, you know, it was, oh, a, it right. was just a dream. Yeah. So ringtone was just a really big trigger for me. And even today, I mean, not today, today, but I've been mm-hmm. in public and someone's phone will ring and it has that ringtone. And that's immediately what I think about. Yeah. Um, but then with my dad, you know, he, like I said, he, he'd had a lot of health problems. He'd had a surgery, all this, you know, there were things going on with him. Um, and I had gone over to his house to check on him because I, I would blow my dad up every single day. Yeah. And if he didn't answer the phone by like what a certain doing? time of day or call me, I'd be like, I got to go to my dad's house yes. or I got to send somebody over there to see if he's okay. You know, because uh, I yeah. was just worried to death about well, him. Then, yeah. You just went through, you had PTSD. So you're yeah. like, all right, talk to me. My dad told my brother I had called one time and my brother was there and my, my brother told me that my dad hung up with me and said, I swear, sometimes I think she wants to know how many breaths I've taken in the day. <laughs> yeah, I do <laughs> actually yeah, to, yeah. to make sure he's okay. Yeah. Um, but I had, it was a Friday and I had called him that morning and usually if I called him and he didn't answer, he'd call me back right away. Um, and he didn't call me back right away. And so, um, I was like, okay, I'm going to give him until like lunchtime and then I'm going to go over there and check on him. So I, I go yeah. over there around lunchtime. My niece happened to be there and she was like, Papa just told me to call you actually. Cause he said he wasn't feeling good today. So I go in there and check on him. And his vitals were like all over the place. Cause I'm, at this point I might as well be a nurse y'all. Cause like I can yeah. read blood pressure and oxygen levels and all these things. Anyway, all his vitals were like all over the place. And so I told him, I was like, daddy, I think we might have to go to the hospital, you know, and me and you were talking like, were you checking his vital? Who was checking? I, his- I did. Oh uh, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> You were literally in a blood pressure thing. I had all your finger. What's the little oximeter? Whatever that thing was. And it measures his heart rate and his oxygen (laughs) levels. Yeah. Everything was crazy. Stop. And I mean, but we were having a conversation. Like he just said he wanted a chicken salad sandwich. And so my Mm -hmm. niece is in the kitchen making him one. I mean, we were just having a conversation. And I was like, I'm going to call 911 to get an ambulance. Because, you know, Mm -hmm. if you've ever had to take somebody to the ER. Yeah. You know, it's a lot better if you can get an ambulance to take them in and all that. Right. So I was like, daddy, I'm going to call 911. And he was like, oh, he's okay. like, you're so dramatic. <laughs> I kid you not. I turn around and I pick up my phone and start to hit 911. And I heard a noise uh-huh. and I turned back around and his eyes. I mean, he, he basically died right in front of me. Oh my God. I yeah, literally. And I mean, mm-hmm. I cannot explain that, like what that felt like just seeing it and like his, you know, talking to him one second and turning around and mm-hmm. like, he's literally going right in front of me. And like this feeling of just helplessness. And I remember being on the phone with the 911 operator and I, I was trying to be like, uh, uh, like, cause I started to tell her, like, I just need an ambulance to take my dad to the sure. hospital. And then that's happening. And I'm like, I think he's done. And she was like, well, do this, do that, do this, do that. And I'm like, 
you can't even process what mm-hmm. they're telling you to You're do. Like, I'm not actually a nurse. I know yeah. I was doing all the things, but yeah. like in those moments, oh my gosh, yeah. reacting in it was quick awful, time. awful, awful, awful. And then you know <sighs> everybody came, paramedics came. They were and they never got him back. And mm-hmm. so, so he did pass though. That's when, mm-hmm. it, oh my gosh, yep. girl. Yep. And so it's like, I have the trauma from that phone call in the middle of the night with my mom and yeah. all the unanswered questions and just not having a lot of closure there. And then I was with my dad. Yeah. So I was like, I know at least I was with him Yeah. and I feel like he almost in a way wanted to wait till I got there, Yeah. you know, so I wouldn't mm-hmm. have all those questions and could be there with him. Mm-hmm. But, um, but also the trauma of seeing that. No, see, that's where I can't do that. Like, I feel like seeing stuff is I'm a visual person. Yeah. I'm a visual learner. So like when someone would tell me something, whether it be a math problem or whatever, you, you telling me I'm not comprehending. If I see it, I understand it. And I think that is one thing that I regret. My dad didn't want a funeral. He was like too vain. He was the manliest man, y'all. He could cut his finger off. He's going to super glue it shut. But that man was going to walk past a mirror and fix his hair. Really? Yes, ma'am. He was. And me and my mom joke about it now, but we got like a private uh, viewing, not to sound morbid. I don't know if this is morbid or not, but we got, it was just me, Mike, my brother, my mom. And, um, I don't know if that was helpful or not. I I really don't. My brother, it was like a movie. My mom and my, and Mike, my husband sat on the couch in this room, in this parlor in the funeral home. And me and my brother walked up to him. My brother put his arm around me and was like, he looked so happy and so Mm -hmm. at peace. And he really did. There was no worry in his face for the last year. It was just worry. Right. But I also, don't know if that was helpful to see that. Like for, I would not be well if I were like my brother at the hospital and having to make uh game time decisions yeah. on seeing those things happen. But I don't, I, I feel for, I can't imagine seeing yeah. that girl. I, I know that I would need a lot of therapy because yeah, that's, that's well, really hard to see. It's hard to come to terms with it in general, but seeing something like that happen also is just, yeah. A different level. Well, and with my mom, you know, when I got to the hospital, they had her in ICU. So mm-hmm. we, like, we had to go through the ICU waiting room. So mm-hmm. I wasn't actually like in her room or anything. And so when I got to the ICU waiting room, my dad was already there. My brothers were there because I live out in the country. It takes a little while to get places. Yeah. And that's when they told me that she was gone. And the daughter was like, you know, you all can come back there and see her and, you know, whatever. And I was like, no, I'm not going back there. Yeah. And my brother and my brothers and my dad we're all going back there. And Richard was like, I think you should go back there. And I said, no. And he kept saying, so I did. And I really wish I didn't really? because yeah, because that's one of the things like even to this day, Wendy, I swear, like it's been two years, even to this day, there's probably on average three nights a week mm-hmm. that I wake up in the middle of the night or wake up first thing in the morning. And they, my parents are immediately what's on my mind. And it's always, 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 the vision of my mom laying in that hospital bed gone or my dad dying in front of me. Mm -hmm. It's always that. You know, what's so crazy is I just talked on our other podcast. I've never been one. So I've lost all my grandparents at this point. And two of them have been in the hospital um, in their final uh, moments, I I would say. And everybody saw them. I did not. I Mm -hmm. never would. I said, no, I don't want to remember them like that. And I don't regret that at all. And then the only other person that's been close to me like that was my, actually, sorry, three grandparents. And I didn't want to see any of them. And then my dad. And I saw him, like I said, talking to me, but I didn't see him 
in my dad did not want my mom to leave that night. Actually, she was going to come stay with me because we had a meeting the next morning about dialysis is what that was going to be. And he asked her to stay. And she, when I talked to her that morning, like, like I said, they called me at two 30. She said that he called her name. He said, Tammy. And she doesn't remember. It was in the middle of the night, obviously. And he was also in IC, but like the step down, I think. And, um, he called her name to probably make sure. Cause like I said, he couldn't see. And so probably to make sure he wasn't alone. He did mm-hmm. not want her to leave. I think he knew, I think he gave up. I really do believe that. Um, but I'm glad I didn't have to see those moments. Cause that would be really hard. But at the same time, like you said, like seeing somebody and as peaceful, like my brother said, as he was, I just don't do good with that. Like I, I hold on to those things too. And like, hold on to those, um, last, Visual memories yeah, are really the, hard to get right. out of your head. Yeah. And you know what's crazy is I wake up. So my dad, I got the call at 2.30 in the morning when he had coded the first time. And I had a bunch of calls missed. And you know at the middle, that's never a good thing, right? right. And um, my water broke at 2.30 in the morning. I wake up every single night. And I've talked about this on our other podcasts and on my stories. I wake up every single, I'm going to wake up tonight at 2.30 in the morning. I wake up every night at 2.30 in the morning. I could text you tonight and tomorrow at 2.30 and say, hey, I'm awake. I just woke up. And when I do, it freaks me out. And we just had a a spooky um, ghost story episode. And we were talking about this kind of stuff. And I'm like, I when I wake up in the middle of the night, I do pray. I say, God, please don't let me see. I don't want to see my dad. I don't like ghosts. Y'all, if you listen to our other (laughs) podcast, you hear me say it. Listen, like I said there, go rattle some chains somewhere else. (laughs) Don't come in my house. I don't want to see you like that. I love my dad. I've had two too vivid that I really believe were real where I saw him. And both times he was reaching for me and we never touched, but no one could convince me it was not real. Um, it was at our old house and neither has been here. Thank God. But almost to the day I got pregnant with Fisher. Mm -hmm. And so I told my mom, I said, I I just hate my dad. Didn't get to meet Fisher. And the crazy part is mom was like, girl, they pass each other in heaven. Like he sent him down and I could show you a picture of my dad. I've posted it on stories before. And my dad had four, or it was he was one of four. I'm going to show you when we finish this podcast. Fisher is my dad. Like loud, crazy. That's where I got it from. Yeah. It's like he was like reincarnated yeah. into my kid. But <laughs> I mean, here we are on a tangent. But all that to say, like, I, I do hold on to like the visual aspect of it. And I can't imagine seeing that because that I... Mm-hmm. I would be the same way. It would, yeah. I don't want to say it would haunt me, but it, it kind of does because if you wake up in the morning, right. And you're like, that's the first thing you see of your mom or your dad. Yeah. Like, how do you it. do that? Like, well, how do it's you hard. Move past? Yeah. I mean, it's hard. Like that's the thing is, I mean, it, I, I, I struggle, you know, it's an internal struggle for sure. And I mean, just to be completely transparent, um, you know, I, I've seen a therapist. I haven't seen her in a while, but I started seeing a therapist. I actually, after losing my mom, you know, I was having a really hard time with that hair was coming out, like, you know, just totally stressed when out. When did we go to lunch? Was that after? It was your a dad? couple months after my dad died. Okay. I couldn't remember because yeah. I remember us talking about it and we were talking about your hair because you were like, Wendy, I'm going to be bald. Yeah. But it was the stress. It was right after that I started taking the Nutrafol. Okay. And it helped a yeah. lot. But, yeah, so all I was dealing with all that with my mom, but then also like you take on not that my dad was ever a burden at all, but I felt like I knew he was heartbroken and depressed and he was trying to be strong for me, but I was trying to be strong for him. Yeah. And so it was like I would just put my grief and depression aside to like try to put on a front for him. Well, you're probably an be empath, there for him. right? Are you empathetic? Like are you really 
yeah, empathetic? I would I, say so. I mean, I don't know if I'm a full-blown empath. Oh, my God. Yeah. I am. It, I, I carry the damn burden of everybody. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Why am I? This is not my suitcase to carry. Yeah. But yeah. you probably were feeling it. And that's your dad. Yes, you want to exactly. bury your feelings yeah. for him. So I was just trying to like just be strong for him. And um, yeah. And so I had kind of come to this you know, realization that I really needed to see a therapist mm-hmm. and I had an appointment and it was, the appointment was ended up being the week my dad died. Stop like he it. had just passed and the appointment was supposed to be a couple of days later. So he anyway, was like, go to this. Yes. Yeah, so I rescheduled it of course, <laughs> oh, cause I couldn't yeah. go right then. But, um, one of the first things, so you have to do this whole questionnaire. Mm-hmm. Um, and I answered all the questions honestly, but it was like, I don't know, a hundred questions. And <gasps> you know how, have you ever done like one of those things? They ask you like the same question five different ways to see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, wait a minute, how did I answer that? Anyway, whatever. So I go to her and she was like, you know, are you on medication? And I said, no. And she said, well, have you talked to your doctor about it? And I said, well, no, not really. And she said, well, based off of everything you've answered, and we had also had kind of a, a, a we chatted a little bit at oh. that point. And I mean, we'd been into the session. Right. She'd heard like my story, what I was dealing with. And then she started posing these oh, questions. Okay. Um, and she said, you know, I really think you probably should be on something for now. She said, because everything by what you're saying, how you're feeling and what you've answered here. I mean, you're depressed Aww. and it, it's just one of these bizarre things. Cause you feel like, you know, if you're depressed, especially right. like clinically depressed or it doesn't feel like you are like, no, people can be happy, but also depressed, right. which is like crazy. Yeah. Right. And that's how it kind of felt. It was like, well, I just lost my parents. Like I'm grieving. I'm sad, but right. I'm not depressed, you know? Um, and so she said that and I kind of was just like, okay, you know, maybe you're right. And then I, I was having a major, major, major problem sleeping uh-huh. because of, I think all this trauma, but what I would do, and this is where I felt like you and I are similar in a lot of ways. Cause you mm-hmm. talk about how you're busy nonstop, like from the time your feet hit the ground mm-hmm. in the morning, you're like, go, 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 you know? Yeah. And that's how I am naturally. But I also think it's been like to the next level because so you're not I'm dealing? doing my best to keep my mind occupied. Yeah. And so she was basically saying, you know, you're doing that. And then when it's time to go to bed at night, you haven't dealt with how you feel throughout That's the right. day. And then when everything shuts down and you're laying in bed quiet at night, like that, your brain is going to start going there. And I mean, I would lay in bed every single night. You talked about this on stories. You had like major insomnia, right? Like you just mm-hmm. couldn't sleep. Could not sleep. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't be on my phone. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't be watching TV, nothing. Like I would turn everything off at 10 o'clock and I would lay there and I would finally maybe go to sleep. But the whole time I'm laying there, I'm thinking about my parents yeah. like over and over and over. But like she said, you weren't dealing with any, you weren't processing anything at all. You Mm-mm. were doing your tasks. And then at night, because I I can be mindful of when I have stuff going on. And then I'm like, I don't want to say burying it, but like doing other things. So you're not dealing with it. Yeah. And like, you might think about it surface level, but then you're not really processing it, I guess. And then at night, yeah, I lay down and then I'm like, okay, let's keep me up for three hours. What you got? Yeah. And you start digging through trauma. And I'm thinking about like the sixth grade of what someone said to me or (laughs) whatever, whatever I'm dealing with. And it does come out. But I remember you were like struggling because you were like every single night and then you're exhausted. Mm -hmm. And then that's also bad for your mind. Yeah. So I'm sure your therapist is like, girlfriend, we got to get you some sleep and we got to get you processing things. And I mean, a really crazy story about signs, but you know, there's been a lot and you kind of, that's when thing too I think when you lose people is you look for the signs because you so desperately want that comfort yeah to know that there's you you just want to feel them yeah Yeah. you want to feel them yeah and so um yeah so sleeping was terrible and when I would go to sleep 
like I'd sleep for maybe a couple hours and it would be nightmares mm. dreaming about them. They were coming to me in my dreams or I'm dreaming about, you know, what happened with my, like just reliving it kind of. Right. And so several nights, weeks of that, I mean, it will literally take a toll on you. Right. So oh, I remember God, yeah. I would go into work in the mornings and like my team would, you know, check in. And so there were mornings where I would just bust into tears, like talking to them because I'm like, I'm just so exhausted and whatever. So I talked to my therapist again and she was like, I really think you need to talk to your doctor. Cause I was seeing a psychologist, they can't prescribe medicine, you oh, know? So right, okay. anyway, finally one morning, um, I just like literally had a breakdown. I called my doctor. She could see me that day. And she came in the office and she did not know like anything that had happened because oh, it had been, it had been yeah. about six months that I, since I'd been to see her and oh. they both passed within that six month window. Right. So I told her and she was like, you know, well, let's try you on something, some depression medicine. I was like, no, I really just need to sleep. Can you just give me some sleeping medicine? You yeah. know? So she said, well, I can give you that, but I just really think you probably should try something. Well, she gives me sleeping meds, girl. I was so excited because I was like that first night I was like, I'm going to sleep. Like, I'm tonight. getting eight hours. Nothing. <laughs> oh, it never even it didn't work. No, not at all. And I remember standing in my kitchen and I said, I lost it on Richard that day, actually. Yeah. Um, he had come home and he had said something wrong, did something wrong. I don't remember what it was. Yeah. And I lost it on him. And I was like, you know what? Like, I, I mean, that's just kind of how it was. It was like everything was bowling over. Did you? Did you story this or did you text me this? I don't think I storied it. You I probably told me because we were talking and you, I remember this conversation about this. He was supposed to go somewhere with me that had something to do with yes. my parents. Or maybe did I see Clean you after out the this? House. Maybe I, it might have been it right was. before we met. I remember lunch yes. that day. Yeah. Yep, yep. And um, anyway, so I had finally like just took everything out on him because he just did something wrong in the moment <laughs> and he went and got in the shower and I was standing in the kitchen fixing supper and I I started praying out loud and I said, dear God, please just help me sleep tonight. Please like give me strength to get through this and just let me have a good night's sleep. And I said, if it's meant for my parents to send me a sign, like just do it in a comforting way. Like let me sleep. And I went to bed that night and I slept. I slept like a baby and I didn't have any dreams. And the next morning I was on my way to work and I got a text from one of my cousins mm -hmm. and I kid you not. She said, I had a dream. Oh, let me back up. So my dad had a stroke in his eye few years prior to all this. And mm -hmm. he had lost like all his vision in one of his eyes. Mm -hmm. And then he couldn't really see well out of the other one. But you know, anyway, so he didn't, he didn't have good vision for a while after he, or after all that. So the past three or four years of his life, mm -hmm. my cousin said, I had a dream about your parents last night. She didn't know any of this was going on with my sleep. Mm -hmm. She said, I was at my parents' house and they walked in and they looked so good. Your dad had on a blue shirt, you know, blue is my favorite color. Yeah. And your mom had on a pink shirt and they were talking about how good they felt. And your dad said, I sure can see good. Ugh. And when I read that message, I just burst into tears because I was like, that was my answer to the prayer. Like I slept good that night. And then it was like, I got a sign the next morning. And it was a good sign. It was a pleasant sign. It wasn't a thinking about my mom laying in that hospital bed, you know, yeah. or whatever. So anyway, um, long story short, I did end up getting on depression medicine. Okay. And I've never done depression medicine my entire life um, or anything like that. Um, and, you know, you always, as a woman, especially feel like you have to be so strong and you yeah. have to be able to get through things on your own and right. whatever. And so I finally just gave in and did that. And I mean, it definitely has helped a lot in terms of like, 
my emotion emotions. Like I can, I have cried a little bit now, but I mean, yeah. I can sit here and talk to you about these things and yeah. not cry the entire time or have people walk up <sighs> to me in public. Like yeah. I had a follower come up to me a couple weeks after I lost my dad. She saw me in, in public and she was like, I follow you on Instagram and I just want to let you know I'm praying for you. And girl, <laughs> when I say I burst into tears, yeah. like I had to walk away from her oh. and I felt so bad, but I was no. like, thank you. And, and I couldn't understood. get the words out and I, I was like, thank you. But I, and, and now it's like the medicine has helped in that regard. Yeah. But you know, I see another thing is I think you just have to, you have to just sometimes like give in and t- take advantage of things that are there to help you yes, like live God, through your grief, like get sure. through it, you know? And everybody is so different how they process. It's like, I've always been a crier. I just mm-hmm. am a crier. It's I, actually, I'm lying. I'm literally lying to y'all. I've not always been a crier. As an adult, I've always been a crier. I'm like very emotional. Whereas when I was like a teenager, I wasn't like that. But like just going through life, I don't know. I'm such a freaking baby. I'm a cryer. I feel everything. I'm very tenderhearted. And I was never, I don't think I was like that as a kid. And like we were talking about earlier, just something will hit you sideways and you think you're good, right? Like you think, oh, I'm having a good day. And like you feel good about everything and and nothing is wrong. And you can hear a song or you could see something or you can think about something and you're like, oh, and it puts you in this headspace of, the craziest thing about losing my dad was a, I was 32. He was 56. I never thought I would be that young and lose my right. dad. And then I kept thinking, and I still think this to this day, and it's going to sound kind of harsh, but like, I, I think I'm never going to have a dad again. Mm-hmm. And that is really weird. And I think you and I maybe had this conversation when we went to lunch, but like, that was so hard because it's like, you don't have a dad. You do, but you don't because even in heaven, that's not my dad. Like, I don't know. It was a weird thing. And I still think about that. And I tell people all the time that like the thing that I miss the most about my dad is his storytelling. Mm -hmm. He was so funny and he could tell you how to check the mail, but you were going to be laughing (laughs) in the way that he told you how to check the mail. It was just Mm -hmm. the way that he told you stuff. And I miss that. And like when they're gone and you don't, get that from you know it's no new memories or right. stories and it's like that freaking sucks for and i 40 more years of your life exactly yeah and that's exactly my point it's like you don't realize like they're just gone and mm-hmm. you're never gonna have them again like that and i am very close with my mom and i'm sure she's gonna listen to this she drove to my house yesterday talking about how did you get your how did you get your music on my stuff i said Mom, I did not put my music on your stuff. So I look at her phone. She said, I listened to something about hips the whole way here. (laughs) I said, first of all, you're on Spotify listening to my podcast, Hips Don't Lie. (laughs) She said, well, it was good. I just didn't know how I got on your... She thought she was logged into my stuff. I'm like, Mom, you're not logged in. It's just... my, 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 she wanted to know how to she get her podcast on my, on her yeah. thing, but I'm very close with my mom and I, I was close with my dad too, but it's like different it with your different. mom. Yeah. And, and we've talked about this, like a mom to a daughter is very different. And my mom has always told me that. And then of course, when I had a, a son and I always thought I'd be a girl mom, <laughs> my mom tried to do some like backtracking, but whatever. <laughs> I love being a boy mom, but she's always said like, it's just different between a mother and a daughter. And my dad and I were very close. We're very, very similar in so many things. My brother, and my mom, the older that I get, my, my Danny Tanner clean freakness. Like that is my <laughs> dad. Tanner. Yeah. But, but yes. my parents are my brother and my mom were like, Oh my God, like Ray, we joke, my dad, Ray. They're like, Oh my God, there's Ray. And I'm like, I know, but it's, 
we were, it was a different close than like my mom. Like I got away with a lot of stuff because my dad always like, well, she's my girl, like the uh-huh. baby girl, you know, whereas my brother had to pay rent at 18 living at home and <laughs> I don't have to do anything. My dad's like, well, sorry, she's a girl, you know, it's that kind of thing. And then my mom and I are close like day to day, you know, she'll come over tomorrow. She's dog sitting for a friend and she's going to come over and spend the next week with us and she'll stay here with us. And we are close and I cannot imagine losing her especially, but both at the same time, it's like. I can't even imagine what medication I would need or I would just cry all the time. Yeah. Like I think I would literally cry all the time. Yeah. I still cry over Bailey, my dog that died three years ago that I yeah. had to put down and like, but people understand it's not like they are like, Oh God, Shannon's a freak. Especially no. people that have lost someone understand. Yeah. And that's, you know, one of the the best things about Instagram and, and sharing all of this and being open about it is I've also had people message me that still have their parents. Yeah. And they say, seeing what you've gone through has made me yeah. do X, Y, Z with my like parents. reevaluate. Or makes yeah. me realize I need to talk to them more or, or whatever. And I'm like, that means a lot to yeah. me that by sharing my journey, it can make someone improve their relationship with their parents. For sure. You know? Or not even, but just not take them for granted as much and realize oh that you really need to invest yeah, that time with the them. That's the thing. Like, I think everybody is guilty of being too busy. Yeah. You know, your life trumps, your what you're going through trumps anything. So like, sometimes we miss a phone call and we'll call them back. You know, I lived in, thank God I moved home the last year of my dad's life, but I lived in Florida for the six years leading up to him passing and my parents would call me and my dad would always worry about me. Dad, I'm, I'm fine. I'm mm-hmm. fine. You know, I didn't understand. I was like, oh my God, it's, it was annoying. I, and I feel terrible for saying that, but I was 27 and my dad's like, change up your gym regimen. Don't go to the same <laughs> class every day. Don't let people follow you. And you're like, dad, I know, mm-hmm. I know. But then, you know, I got the last year with him cause I moved home and thank God I did because there were a lot of times that I kind of was like, I'll call him back. I'll call him back. And mm-hmm. I have so many voicemails that mm. I've only listened to like twice, I think ever. Same. I have a ton of voicemails mm-hmm. saved from my parents and I can't listen mm-hmm. to them. Um, I do have one for my mom. That was the last birthday that she mm. was here, which mm-hmm. was 20. My birthday's in December. So December, 2020, she always said I was her sunshine. And she called and sang um, happy birthday to me in my voicemail. And then at the end said happy birthday to my sunshine. And also that year she gave me, she gave me a Christmas ornament every year, like a personalized ornament. And Mm -hmm. that year she gave me my Christmas ornament and it was a ball with a sunflower on it. And it said on the back, you are my sunshine. And so, so but it's so special, but then I can't, it's really like, I do listen to that voicemail for the past two birthdays, but that's the only time of year I can listen to it. And I mean, I just have all these things for, okay. So um, probably 2019, 2020, I came across these books on Amazon. Someone may have shared them actually. And it was like, dad, tell me your story or mom, tell me your story. Mm-hmm. And they were books that basically are prompts within them for your Did mom. Do they handwrite them? Mm-hmm. Cause they've got the electronic, what's the word? Yeah, story my, my parents didn't do email. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even have a computer. So Look, no, girl, yeah. My dad didn't use a debit card. He wrote a check. Yeah. And he was 56. Yeah. My dad didn't trust people. He was like, no. <laughs> but yeah. no, so it was a handwritten. Yeah. Okay. And so I, when I was cleaning out, my mom had filled out some of hers. And then when I was over there, like she would read me what she wrote. And Aww. so we I'd already kind of known what she was putting in hers. Yeah. But my dad, I remember when I was cleaning out their house, because I, I mean, girl, that's a whole other thing. Um, yeah. But I opened one of his drawers and the book was in there and he had filled most of it out. And when I saw it, I was like, mm. oh my God, like he, he filled it out and I haven't read it to this day. It's been a year and a half, over a year and a half, and I can't bring really? myself. And I feel like there'll be one day where it's like, you will. I'm ready to read it, but I just can't bring myself to right now. And that might give you peace and closure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it might. Yeah. 
Yeah. That sucks. So with my dad's voicemails, my dad acted like, A, I didn't have caller ID. My dad didn't do any technology. Um, he just in the last year before, like I said, he had passed, he started like texting a little bit. It was like, Hey babe. And he would, <laughs> he would tell me who he was every voice. Went, hey babe, it's your dad. I'm like, <laughs> I got caller ID. Yeah. I know, but he's still stored in my phone as dad. And you know, that Cole Swindell dad's old number. No, I don't. You don't know that song? No. Oh my God. <laughs> I'll have to listen to that one on the way home. May, well, maybe not. <laughs> listen to it. But, um, there's a lot of songs that are heavy. Cause someone has that number. Um, oh yeah. You know, and it's, uh, that is a hard, you know, that you since you say that that was hard because I had to cancel both of their, um, cell phone bills. Mm -hmm. And I thought about that and their phone numbers. Yeah. Somebody has them. Yeah. And I'm a psychopath when it comes to, (laughs) I'll be sad. And then I put on sad music. I don't know. I'm I'm like that. I like in your feels. Yeah. I like to get in my feels. Maybe that's what it is. I'm a waller in them. I always do, but um, I I do, (laughs) but I like to get, I just, if I'm feeling sad, I'm one of those people. I like to listen to sad songs and it just makes me, I don't know. It's kind of comforting. Even though if I'm crying, it doesn't matter. It's not like crying is bad. You know, I'll cry, but I'll feel, and I love it. You need to feel that song is, I remember hearing it for the first time and I was like, Oh my God. But the issue that I have in my dad's voice, you could hear him getting sicker, Mm. but I didn't notice that Mm -hmm. in the moment. Mm -hmm. That's what's hard for me. Yeah. Yeah. God. Yeah. Like the worst cryer. I'm a a real (laughs) ugly cryer. I'm a real ugly cryer and I'm a real, uh, not illegible, but like a hearable person. I don't know the right word for (laughs) that. Illegible or (laughs) anything. But how was, I mean, uh, like, so what, Listen to me flipping the script and interviewing you. Mm. <laughs> oh gosh. What was it like, like your and Mike's dynamic when your dad died? Like, how was he? So when Mike and I first started dating, I came home for Christmas that year for like three weeks at the time. It was like a three week period. And I didn't come home for that Thanksgiving because I was going to spend it with my granddaddy, which was my dad's dad, who ironically, my mom was like, stay down there. He lived in Marco Island for six months of the year and was like, stay down there. You never know how long your granddaddy has. He was 82. Turns out he actually passed eight months later. Mm -hmm. And then my dad was sick also at the time. And so Mike got to meet my granddaddy and my dad. Thank goodness. So I met Mike that December in May. I had, I moved home within like three weeks. So we dated long distance and I broke my lease and moved home. Mike met my dad for the first time right away, pretty much. And my dad was already sick, which was really hard. And then he got to meet my granddaddy, luckily, one time before he passed because he died really quickly with his cancer. And so that whole year, I hate it so bad. And I've told Mike, I hate that he did not get to know my dad the way I knew my dad. Right. He didn't get to know fun dad. Like whenever I have friends or my brother has friends that tell Mike or we'll talk about stories I hate that Mike never met that version because the dynamic was really hard because Mike saw our frustrations more than he saw our enjoyment. And that Mm. makes me so freaking sad to say that. Right. But when my dad got sick, he got really bitter and he turned into not the best version of himself. And he was very angry because he went from being super independent Mm -hmm. to having all of that ripped away and he wasn't able to live on his own because he went blind really quickly actually. And so Mike didn't get to know. Now we still did things together. So he did know my dad, I guess it was probably a total of like a year and a couple months. And so we, we would actively do things with them, but it was still really different of 
who my dad was in Mike's mind. Like Mike doesn't know, like Mike Mm. knew me from like Facebook and passing. So I would like post about my dad and like how funny he was. Like I was always bragging on my dad. Like there's statuses that pop up that, and I've told this story before, but my dad sent me to Walmart one time for a shower head. I was like, what is a shower head? S-H-I-R-E. And I kept thinking like, what is he talking about? And he was talking about a shower head. And I would like put these little memories on Facebook and I would like share them. And all my friends knew how fun, kind of like what you're saying with my, with your mom. Like my dad was like a fun dad, but when he was sick, he was really tough. Mm. And there, I have voicemails that he's saying, I'm sorry. Like I'm got angry and I still have those. And he was doing it out of frustration, but he would lay on his couch and listen to the Bible around the clock Mm -hmm. because he couldn't do anything else. And so it's like, it was a blessing and a curse of like Mm -hmm. how that happened, but it made him very bitter that he wasn't able to do stuff. But I think it also made him closer to God. It did. It really did. And, um, Mike and I would have conversations. He's like, y'all are so hateful to your dad. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, I literally, verbatim told him, I said, Mike, I can't explain it. And I do feel guilty for like being upset with him sometimes and being short tempered, but like, you don't understand what that's like when somebody's being so mean and you know, that's not who they are. Mm -hmm. It was so frustrating on both sides. I didn't know how to navigate that. I've never navigated that before and dealing with somebody that lashes out, like there's a fine line. How do you find the grace to deal with that? And also how do you like not get frustrated in the moment? It was yeah. so freaking hard. You know, there were times I'd cry leaving his house cause I was there to help him. He always wanted me to cook a stir fry, this chicken onion stir fry. And I would go and do it and go to the grocery store and buy all the things for it. And then he would get, he would say something that just made me angry or whatever. And we'd get into it and then I'd leave and then cry on the way home. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, Oh my God. So I hate that Mike didn't get to see that part of him. Do you feel like Mike um, was there? Not, I don't want to say not there for you, but like, how did you feel like he kind of supported you? He was very supportive. Yeah. Yeah. Like very supportive. And Mike to be a six, three, like man's man, He's very sensitive. He listens to some of these. If he listens, he's going to roll his eyeballs. But you are sensitive. I'm saying it right now. You can hear me. Um, And he was very sweet because he doesn't have a dad side of the family. And so he doesn't have that relationship. I was very close with my dad. And so he was very supportive. And I remember waking him up in the middle of the night. And he hugged me. He held me. Mm -hmm. And he didn't know what to say. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he doesn't know what that's like. Right. Well, that's why I was asking because yeah. I feel like it's been hard for Richard because Richard still has, but so me and Richard have a 12 year age difference. Mm-hmm. So Richard is 55. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dad, <laughs> sorry. Dad is like, <laughs> I doubt Richard is going to listen to this, but I think he's 55. Whatever. Richard anyway. told us about the freaking TikTok shops. And did you see that was a real thing? Yeah. Felt so bad. I did too. <laughs> Every time I see a TikTok shop now, Richard knew what he was talking about. Richard we tried to, to make him feel like he was dumb. <laughs> I swear to God, every time I see a TikTok shop now, I promise I you, him. I think about that conversation. I'm like, not Richard telling us. Yeah, I know. Okay. Yeah. Everybody's like, what are y'all talking about? Anyway, oh, sorry. But no, I feel like um, so there's a big age difference, but he still has both of his parents, and that's mm. the other thing is any we don't have anybody in our circle. Um, like my b- best friends, like his close friends or anybody else who's around us a lot that have lost both of their parents. Yeah. And when I look around sometimes and I think about that, I'm like, cause my mom died at four when I was 40. Um, I was like, how am I 
40 years old, 41 years old, and I don't have either of my parents and nobody around me knows what this feels like. And so I think it's been, it's been difficult for Richard not to feel, feel, figure out how to navigate through this new life Mm -hmm. because he doesn't understand that I will forever be different. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I didn't ever think about that. Like I never realized that how it really does change you as a person. And so, I mean, he, of course, I mean, you know, he and I had been together for, I don't even know, 17, 18 years. I don't know, something like that. Um, so he, I mean, he'd known my parents for a very long time and loved my parents. And so, of course, I mean, it was hard for him to see me going through what I was going through. Um, and he was very supportive and just did everything he could to try and help me get through it. But I think for him, he thought it was a point in time and that, I would eventually like get Move okay again. It. Yeah. And so it's not been an easy journey for us because it's really hard for me to help him understand what I'm feeling sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. And another thing that's been really difficult is my parents always, my parents always, um, words of affirmation were there was their thing for me like that. Mm-hmm. And that I realize now and as an adult is my love language. That's me too. Yeah. I'm a words of affirmation. Yeah, And Richard and I had done the five love languages. What is Richard? He's physical touch. Is he? Mike is physical touch and gifts. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Richard's physical touch and quality time. And mine's oh. words of affirmation and quality time. Um, words of affirmation and quality time. Yeah. That is so, you're too funny. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Makes Spencer sense, and I have though. done it. Like we've talked about it too on the thing. It is. That is hilarious. I need people to tell me how great we are. That's yeah. what y'all need to do. Go rate, rate this podcast, <laughs> yes. which y'all are going to do. Yes. And it's not like I need to be like I know what you mean, pumped girl. up all the time. No. But my mom and dad, they always would tell me how proud they were yes. of me. Yes. Oh, my God. You know, it yep. was always, I'm so proud of you, or you're so smart, yep. or this or that. And it's not even like about needing to hear how you look. It's just more around like you did such a good job or exactly. whatever. Yeah. And um, like my mom, I like one of my things with my mom always was anytime I ever did a house project mm. or decorated for Christmas or whatever, I was always so excited for my mom to come over okay, because I wanted her to see everything. Yeah. You know? yeah. And she would always be like, Oh my God. You know, and she would always pump me up and talk about how pretty something was that I had done. And so, you know, as now that they're gone, it, it's like, I've told Richard, I was like, I don't get that anymore. Like I don't get told you should FaceTime me. Those words of affirmation up, anymore, girl. you know? Yeah. And so I tell him, I'm like, that's what I need from you. Like, you ask me, what what do you need? Whatever. I, I need you to be, like, aware. I can literally not picture Richard. They'd be like, girlfriend, the <laughs> new shades, the curtain. What, yeah. 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 I know. No, I just need you to be like, I, I, I just need you to simply be like. That looks I, so I know, good. The mantle. I know everything you do around the house and yeah. I really appreciate it. Yeah. You, that just yeah, something yeah. like that. Just an acknowledgement, you yeah. know? Um, Cause you went from like getting praised about it and being to excited. Nothing. Yeah. nothing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well send them to me. Cause I love your home decor and send me a picture <laughs> and I'm going to tell you how good it is. Yeah. Not that I'm your husband, but no, that is really sweet. I'm the, I'm the same. I, I don't need to be told that I'm pretty or that right. I'm, funny even though we know we're hilarious yes. and great and all you the things are. right no you too everything you know <laughs> but my dad would say that too my dad would always tell me how proud he was of me and that made me feel so good yeah. and my mom will tell me how good of a mom I am mm-hmm. and I didn't even know I needed to hear it but she just told me that the other day she's like you're such a good mom every Saturday we've been painting stuff y'all we've been doing crafts on Saturdays and she was like you're such a good mom because you know 
my parents didn't necessarily do that, but they did other things. My dad, like what you were saying with your dad, um, he was the provider and my mom never had to work, but she chose to work. And then her money went to like what me and my brother did activity wise. Mm-hmm. And he paid all the bills in the house. All the, Like, I want to sign up for that. Like, what the heck? Why am I splitting stuff with Mike right now? Cause I'm like, <laughs> my dad did not make my, <laughs> um, but when I look back at like my childhood as to like how they were and like what I needed or like whatever, now that I'm a mom, like I want to hear that. Cause my mom, she would do stuff with me, but she didn't like, we didn't do crafts. Now I'm a very, I love art and like painting mm-hmm. and stuff. Like that's my thing. And Fisher likes that. So when I sit down and do that with him, he, you know, obviously enjoys that. And so do I, but my mom was watching us and she's like, you are just such a good mom. And that made me, that mm-hmm. makes me feel really good. Fills up your tank. It does. And then my dad telling me it was business related usually, or um, my dad was very entrepreneurial, like business mindset. And like I said, it's funny that I started this podcast that day because Mm -hmm. that speaks to him. Like, of course I did. Of course that's where I would have channeled that because I know that it makes him proud. Uh I know that because he was that way. My dad would have been, I no, he would have been so proud of me. Yeah. And he told me all the time, I'm so proud of you. It's so hard when you don't get that. Yeah. And Mike, it is. Mike doesn't go, I'm proud of you, but Mike does gas me up about like, um, he's told me before, like, you're dang, you're just somebody that like, you set your mind to something, you're going to do it. And there's nobody that's going to work harder than you. And he'll tell me that, you know, mm-hmm. but like, there's nothing like it coming from your parents. Yeah, it is you need to hear it because yeah. As a kid, don't you want to make your parents proud? Yep. Don't people tell you to make your parents proud? Yep. That's what you should do. Yep. And you are. But how, you are making your, and you know, yeah. you are. Yeah. And and I am, you yes. know, and other people that are listening to this that have lost their parents, they are proud of you. And you got to know that. But it's like, dang, it freaking sucks. And like we can't hear, hear them say that. So maybe what y'all need to do if you have both your parents, get them to call you and go, Hey, I'm proud of you. Yeah. And (laughs) And when you do something that you know they'd be proud of, play that voicemail. Yeah. You can hear it. Yes. That's so freaking hard, right? It is. And then also, my heart goes out to people that might be listening to this that don't have that type of relationship with their parents, you know, and don't get that from them or people that maybe have lost a parent and don't, maybe didn't have the type of relationship. And, you know, with that, like I tell people, I mean, Grief is grief, no matter what your relationship was. And I feel like even if you didn't have the type of relationship we did, you can still grieve for a relationship you wish you had, you know? Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or channel that, like my mom didn't have a relationship with her mom, mm -hmm. but that's why me and my mom are so close. Cause my mom Mm -hmm. has always said, I didn't have that. So I gave you that. And that's, my mom has no, I I don't, my mom is a very Southern loves everybody person she is that person, but also she's like, I don't believe people should use those things as a crutch. Cause I didn't have a good mom life is what she would say. And she's like, but that's why I poured into you because I knew what I wanted out of that. So like, if you are listening, that didn't have a good life with your mom, like I said, my husband doesn't have a dad's side of the family. And so when you don't have that, like, like you said, grief is grief. You, you still grieve just in different ways, a piece of yeah. not having that, or you've lost it somewhere, you know, if you don't have that, or maybe it's not where it should be, or maybe it's a, a 50, 50 thing and you can make amends. Great. Try. And if you can't, then you're still grieving, not having that person in your life or may, what it, there is just so different and yeah. it's hard I don't know what's better. It's like, is it better to not know? You know, what's the quote? It's better to have loved and lost than to never have known loved love at all. all. Yeah. 
And the greater the love, the greater the loss. It, right. Yeah. And it's so hard because it's like you said, you know, some people listen to this are like, God, can't relate. I didn't have a mom. I didn't have a dad. I didn't, I don't know what that's like. But if you do have children, if you don't, or whoever is close in your life, you pour into those relationships. Somebody's lost somebody that they love yeah. regardless. And that is our all, that is where we all are the same. We've all had somebody that we've loved and some or something, you know, like whether it was a dog or a person or whatever yeah. and losing that person and never having again, never having it again is like, that is the worst thing at all. Like you just, and you feel like, especially in the moment or in the weeks leading up or like following a loss and you, you feel like, how am I ever going to get through this? Mm-hmm. You know, and my life's never going to be the same. And I think if anything, me and you, like by sharing this and what we've been through, I think hopefully it gives people hope mm-hmm. that they will, you know, find a, a new way to yeah. like live life. Like your life will eventually, you know, you'll find joy again yeah. and, you know, you'll look forward to things again and your you life know, moves on. You it's just in a different way. It, right. That's what I was going to say. You don't have to move on from feeling lost without that person, but your life will move on and it's okay to feel guilty. And what I was telling you earlier is Mike's, um, stepdad lost his best friend. Like suddenly like he was at the wedding with us a couple weeks ago at Mike's brother's wedding. And he has three daughters and he just went to sleep a couple weeks ago and oh my two gosh. weeks ago and didn't wake up. And he's got three daughters. It's crazy because her dad almost identical footprint of getting sick, diabetic, a foot surgery, and then passing almost the same exact timeline. It's very crazy. Mm -hmm. And I know what she's feeling. And I'm like, I know that I texted her yesterday. I was like, I know today is hard because it's your first holiday. And I remember how I felt just feeling like you shouldn't be happy, but Mm -hmm. you're laughing, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's so crazy to look back six years later. And I still feel that way. Don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong. I still, there are certain things like what you're saying that you saw your parents. I still hear certain things that my dad said when he was sick that haunt me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, this was a emotional roller coaster for everybody. Um, I love that I had you on the podcast to talk about yours and I'm over here crying like a baby. Um, maybe I need that depression. This is exactly therapy though. I remember going, so it's funny, like, you know, you don't do my hair because we don't live near each other. Look, I was about to curl your, a piece of your hair and be like, Oh, that's my client. (laughs) No. Um, but what you, you know, your podcast theme of therapy and you know, your whole basis was like the things you hear when your clients sit in your chair and like these kinds of conversations, this type of bonding, you know, Yep. I remember, um, I had a hair appointment right after my dad passed away and I went and sat down in my, in her chair and she was like, well, how are you? And again, ugly crying. Yeah. And I'm just in the middle of this hair salon because she's in a salon with like seven other stylists or something. And I'm like bawling, crying in the chair. And I'm like, God, these people probably think I'm like, you know, unhinged. Um, but yeah, this is exactly the kind of conversation that I think people have with their hairstylist, you know, and it is like therapy. But I think that's what brings the hair. I know from my clientele, I'm very close with them and it helps that I've known them for years. And I, I think that's part of why I love not having my books open to anybody and everybody is that every one of my clients 
pretty much at this point has seen me get engaged, get married and have a kid, mm-hmm. lose my dad. So they have gone through major things with me. We've grown inevitably together. There was no choice. We right. were going to grow together. We've cried together. I've cried on them. They've cried on me. And there's been times that, you know, we've started the conversation with something and we're both crying by the end of it or laughing or whatever. And it it is, it's like for some reason, your hairstylist is such a big part of people's lives. And I love that. My mom actually, she can't keep a secret. She's always like, she'll buy you a Christmas gift and tell you what it is. (laughs) So last week when she stayed with us, she brought all her gifts over for me to wrap. And there's a hairstylist prayer on a, um, it's for me obviously well I read it the other day well she gave it to me she's like here just wrap your stuff she don't care she can't keep a secret it's a joke within our family they're like she's gonna give it to anybody anyway but um it's a hair slice prayer and I need to post it because it is so true like people tell us everything but you're saying you're crying in there and people like oh gosh no we've seen it all we've heard it all I've got clients right now going through some really hard stuff like whether it be divorce and custody of kids and I cannot imagine and they're bringing in depositions and they're mm. telling me about it and I've seen people lose people husbands families I've lost clients during COVID I've I mean cancer patients truly shedding, yeah. the list goes on yeah. and that's why I loved like the idea of this because mm-hmm. like you're saying like people just your hairstylist you went in and I'm sure you were just like I'm gonna get my hair done make myself feel better but then you are crying mm-hmm. in her chair and that's what we want. Like, I love that. And I'm sure she loved that. And she was able to give you like a little bit of peace while you're getting your hair done. And I tell people all the time, the reason I love my job is because a, my boss is great because I'm a boss and B, <laughs> yep. no one ever hates coming in there. It's not like a doctor delivering bad news. It's not a teacher giving you homework. It's not, you know, someone collecting a fee. People want to go to their hairstylist and they yeah. want to talk to us and they want to have that like bonding time. And it's so special and sacred. So yeah. when you shared what you were going through with your hairstylist, I'm sure that was very like, I'm sure she loved that and yeah. felt closer to Bond you. you. Yeah, yeah it, it really does. Like we're all bonded for like We know too much about each other. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, you truly have been like the best <sighs> thing to come out of Instagram. I mean, really oh for gosh, me, stop. seriously, like when I think about people that I've like formed relationships with since I've yeah. been doing this, like. You're at like number one, top Aww. of the list, truly. Cause you, I feel like truly are yeah. a friend. And no, I, f- I say that all the time about you. And I, I wholeheartedly believe, and I talked about it last week, like it, social media can be toxic and social media can be good. And mm-hmm. there are some great things that come out of it. And you and I have talked about this personally too, like outside of social media, but like, I really do believe, I feel like you are a friend that I've had for 20 years and I have a bond with you that had it not been for Instagram, we never would have met, like our paths never would have crossed and you're not that far away. So it's like, we have a lot in common. We do. And and that's like the beauty of social media is like meeting friends like that. And I'm so glad that we're able to have that. And we, we take it further than just social media. It's not just a surface level. Like this is my friend. Like, no, I really genuinely have had conversations with you, whether it's texting or together. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I love that. And you're such a positive person Thank you. on Instagram. I'm, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. I'm dead serious. Well, like <laughs> truly you really are like, you're the real deal. And it's really hard to find those types of people that, like we said in the beginning of this two hour podcast, Is it two hours. No, I don't know. Probably four. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's, that's the thing. It's, it's not that bad. We started at like two twenty, wasn't it? Per- no. Did we? It was two something. 
Dang, it was only an hour and ten. There's no way. Okay. It had to be. If it was only an hour and ten, we were like. There's no way. But I'm not great at times, so maybe. But, you know, it's, like I said, it's it's so rare to find people yeah. like you. And it's so sweet that you share your journey in the way that you do. And you touch a lot of people's lives. And that is the good thing about Instagram is while you're sharing your life with other people and they're like, oh my God, I needed to see that. You might've needed to see that DM. You might've needed to see that person message you back and say, oh my gosh, I'm going through this too. Cause you're feeling right. alone and sharing it and they're going through it and y'all are both cross, yes, exactly. you know, feeling those things exactly. or we meeting people like each other, like where you have a friend now and it's, there's so much more crazy. to Instagram and social media than a cute outfit. And or like, you know, yeah, that was my, all epiphany. the smoke and mirrors. Truly. That was my epiphany this last year. I had this, I don't know what triggered the spot triggered, triggered the spiral of it. But I got to that point where I was like, I don't care about the, the shopping stuff. Yes. It's fun, you know, but it's, it's, you gotta so take yourself, out, you gotta take yourself out of it. Right. Mm -hmm. You gotta really look further in and there are some really great content out there, but you got to search for it. And I mean, your page, you get a little decor, you get cute outfits, little workwear. You know, one thing what? too, I, I know we're trying to wrap this up, but yeah, like no. one thing that I had to deal with is the sense of like jealousy and resentment toward people. I know. After losing my parents, my mom first, you know, I remember getting on social media and I'd see all these influencers like bebopping around and everything looks so great and happy and so Perfect. surface level. And I'm like, ugh, like how do these people live there? Uh, you know, it's like, know. I, like I'm sitting yes. in an intersection and I just want to get out of my car and be mm -hmm. like, how do you people move on? Like yeah. I'm dealing with this. You know, know what I mean? It's yes. like the world just goes on around you and, and people, you know, live your life. I'm happy for you. Totally. But, I, but I it's know. just, it, you hold resent. Or I did. No, resentment I just that. said that last week. I, I had to get out of a place of, you don't realize you're doing it, but you're doing it mm -hmm. when you're watching people's lives stories, their posts, whatever. And you're watching that. That is all you're taking in. That is what your brain is absorbing and constantly. And you're dealing with crap in your life. Yeah. And then you're like watching this and you're watching that in a try on and this decor and that decor and whatever. And then you're looking at yourself and you're, after you close that story out and then you're like, oh my gosh. And you're feeling the way that you're feeling. That's not a good headspace. Mm -mm. And it's so important for people to realize. And like I said last week, you have to know your limit of what you need to consume what you need to consume and how to consume it. And I was just talking to um, Elizabeth House Off 96 last week about you can select keywords of things that are what you want to follow. You can really like cater Hone it to what you it. want. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I don't need to see another Amazon haul. I don't, yeah. where are we putting this? Like, or get ready with me. Stop. Like we needed to see you standing in your bedroom with your bra and underwear no, pulling a sweatshirt over your head. Right. And I'm like, y'all come on. And I feel like so many people are, are kind of like where we are in the mindset of we're, we're getting away from that because it's like, that's not the overconsumption of it all. And the overconsumption of social media mm -hmm. is not what we want to be. So to, to tie all this back in full circle is like when you're sharing your grief journey and quotes or meaningful, like things that you're, you know, articulating on your stories of how you're feeling. People want, to, they need to see that. They don't need to see this shirt. They want to, they need to see that they might be jumping on stories and God's like, Nope, see this first, you know, Shannon stories at the beginning of that or whatever, or making people laugh or, or whatever. And it's like, sometimes that's truly the beauty in it is 
figuring out who your people are on there. If you're going to spend time on the app, like figuring out who your people are and taking in those types. And like I said, you're the type of person that your stories, even if you're sharing something sad or heavy, it doesn't feel like I'm not carrying the burden of that. I'm feeling it with you Mm -hmm. and feeling better about it. You know, it's that, and that's the great thing about it. So y'all better follow her Mm -hmm. um, on social media. She's pop of Pippi. Yes. Pippi also for, if you don't know, or people don't know, that's my maiden name, right? I think you do know that, but it's funny because my maiden name was Pipkin. And for a minute, I was like, should I just go to my regular name as my handle? And then, you know, when my parents, some of my best friends were like, no, especially not now, because it's like an ode to Tom and my daddy, you know, (laughs) but that's still who you are, right? Like that's still who you are at the core. So you don't ever want to get away from that. And that, yeah, that's like a little ode to them. So everything that you can glorify them, like that's, that's the thing. Every reel that gets shared or whatever, that's your mama being like, I'm proud of you. There you go. That's how you think of it. Your mom is not here to say she's proud of you or that she loves something, but every reel you get shared, every viral, y'all make her viral. viral. (laughs) No, don't. I don't (laughs) want that pressure. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Girl, thank you for coming. I love you too. And I appreciate it. And I'm so glad you were able to come here. And hopefully your followers and your listeners that have reached out to you can listen to this and understand a little bit more about your story and how we're all- Introduce you to therapy. That's right. And how we're all the same. We're all a little- scatterbrained fun and we all got some all right all right y'all love y'all mean it thank you so much and have a good day Bye. bye